Hi, you guys, and welcome back to the podcast. We are the Carwells. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah, and we are, as you know, Airbnb interior designers and investors. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Catch Up with the Carwells. Today, we have two very special guests with us, Brooke and Glendale. Um, Brooke and Glendale, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yes. Excited. Absolutely. Uh, so to give our listeners a little bit of a backstory on you guys, and I'll have you guys introduce yourself in a moment, but we, Emily and I, got introduced to Brooke and Glendale as um, our mentees in our first ever round of The Space Between. Um, no one's surprised. Emily and I got completely emotionally attached to all of our mentees, but specifically Brooke and Glendale held a special place in our hearts. Um, when Emily and I first decided to launch the mentorship, we really wanted to focus on couples because that's very reflective of mine and Emily's Airbnb journey and the relationship that these two have and their vision for their future and everything related to it um, just resonated with Emily and I on a level that um, we didn't expect when we launched the mentorship. So for you guys, um, for our listeners who are unfamiliar with who you are, why don't you give them a little bit of an elevator pitch of who you are, what you do, and uh, how you got involved in Airbnb? All right. Uh, first of all, thank you for having us. Uh, it's exciting. We've been listening and watching you guys' podcast uh, since we got connected, and it's a humbling uh, opportunity to be here, so we, very, we appreciate a lot. Uh, Brooke and I, uh, we've been together about two years. I've been in construction, uh, doing remodels since 2005, so almost 20 years now. And flipping since 2015, uh, so that we have a lot of the real estate background. And Brooke joined me, uh, second part of 2021. Uh, so we are full time. This is what we do. Uh, so. Joining, you know, you guys' mentorship was just the right call for us, and we'll talk about a little bit more about it uh, during this podcast. But that's a little bit about who we are. So. That's amazing. Uh, sorry, Em, I thought you leaned forward. Do you have something to say <laughs> no, before no. I go on a tangent? No, no, it's just the usual. My animals are trying to climb all over me while I'm on a call, which is just like standard. <laughs> Brooke and Glendale are used to that at this point. <laughs> yeah. Our dogs are hiding. <laughs> yes. Well, I would say, I mean, knowing you guys personally at this point and rehearing your story all over again, it makes sense why you decided to explore stepping into the short-term rental space because you guys have the skill set for it, right? You guys make a good duo that has uh, skills that lend well towards something like this. Uh, but before we dive into your journey and before we kind of get to know you guys better or our listeners get to know you guys better, why don't we start um, the same way we start every single Airbnb episode with an Airbnb horror story. And of course, it doesn't have to be Airbnb related, but just a failure that you have experienced on your entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> we kind of have two. He has one for like the flipping. And then I recently have one for the Airbnb side. Um, we, when we got the questions, we were like, I don't know, like Airbnb's been so good, like everything's smooth until yesterday. Um, <laughs> we had a tight turnaround, like someone was checking out and then someone else was checking in on the same day. And we've been doing some of the cleanings ourselves. Um, so we got there, we were kind of just moseying around cleaning 
and I probably still had like an hour left to clean. And it was two o'clock and I noticed someone walking up our driveway and I was like, oh my gosh, that kind of looks like the next guest that's about to check in at 4 p.m. And I was like, why is he here so early? And he already le- and Glenda already left. So I called him really quick, like, what is happening? This sounds, this looks sketch. So I called him and there was a little bit of a language barrier because they spoke Spanish and then he wasn't there. So he speaks Spanish and Portuguese. So I called him like, maybe it was a language barrier, like this time, you know, so he ended up like, I don't know, they end up waiting in their cars for about 30 minutes until I was done cleaning. So the whole time I'm inside cleaning, I can see them in their cars, just kind of like watching me. And I'm like, kind of like, okay, do I let them in? It's already two o'clock. Do I charge them? Because it's kind of like an early check-in. Do I just running, you know, everything through my head. And I walked outside. I'm like, like, all right, it's clean. Like you can come in. (laughs) And I was like, first, like, let me get some, some kind of like, I don't know, like, where did you, like, there was some kind of miscommunication. Like, where did you see that you could come in at two o'clock? So he showed me his phone and sure enough, it said like he could check in anywhere from 11 till one. It's like, all right, like what is happening? Yeah. But we found out error on my part. When I accepted the booking, they requested to check in anywhere from 11 to one. And I just thought it was like a, you know, a normal check or a normal booking request. So I just hit accept and I accepted that they could come in earlier than the normal check-in. Didn't know that was a thing on Airbnb because I'm so new to it, (laughs) but apparently you can do that. So they're still staying there. They have, you know, understanding and I was very apologetic, apologetic and we end up like they could stay a little bit later on their checkout time. So hopefully we still get a good review, but <laughs> we'll find out just a little <laughs> miscommunication. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that that was a thing either. I have literally in my four years of hosting have never run across that issue and didn't even know that you could like that someone could request a specific check-in time. So <laughs> even though okay, you're cool. doing, like... <laughs> They send us a screenshot that says 11 a.m. check-in. Yeah, we, we should ask Federico either. about that because I've never heard uh, yeah. that either. Because, yeah. like, I mean, sometimes we'll get people who will message us specifically and ask that, but that's yeah, really like, can I when they're there. asking for that early check in, late checkouts, things like that. But I didn't, I had no idea that, like, when you're making your booking, you can request a specific yeah. check in time. That's crazy. Well, everyone learned from us. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> You all have been warned, all of you listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a first request in Spanish. And of course, I had left five minutes before that happened. And uh, we're pretty close to finish the cleaning, but it was two hours prior to check in. So it was really, she was caught off guard and she's by herself. And it's two gentlemen, you know, getting renting the place for the next few days. So yeah. Fun. And while I'm cleaning, you know, I'm already like worked up. Like I thought they were in the wrong. And I was like, man, they're going to have parties. Like, we've never had a party here. They're going to, you know, invite all their friends. Like, I'm just thinking of every bad scenario. And they're probably the sweetest. (laughs) So you'll find out. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. 
And from, for me, we talk about this a little bit because I have the, the rehab you know, uh, background. We had a couple of situations on this house that we finished right now, even on the house that we had that launched. Uh, we ended up renovating the bathroom and the kitchen. So we went to, to replace the tub that has been there since they constructed the house in the 1950s or something like that. There was a family of a young uh, mice, I guess, <laughs> living underneath the tub. And then that was, you know, that was a big surprise for me, uh, for us, actually. And uh, this house here that we are right now, we had a plan to build the back of the house when we got it. But I didn't realize how bad it was. And, and those are the things that on the construction standpoint, it's like five to $10,000 extra on the budget if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, and I try not to, build, you know, relay this information to Brooke because it's a lot of the logistic, a lot of the things that, you know, I just have to deal with it. And we did, and it's looking really sharp. We, we'll be able to see here in a couple of weeks. We're in the final stages right now. So excited about this one too. Uh. GC drama and just building a drama in general is yeah. some type of anxiety. <laughs> because yeah. it's big numbers you're dealing with. Like those things add up. There is no doubt about it. They can put a whole they can kill a deal with things that you don't anticipate. Especially on these old houses, because I feel like a lot of us like our strategies are to buy kind of older projects that do need a little bit of work because maybe somebody who's looking for a family home isn't necessarily looking to put that work into a house. So we're looking at these older houses that need a little bit of work and then and then you find mice under the bathtub and things like that. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I have a little bit of an adjacent story or a quick story around mice specifically since that's what we're talking about. Um, the first property that Ethan and I purchased, we did all of the rehab ourselves with my dad handling all of the stuff that we didn't know how to do. Um, but a portion of that rehab was in the basement. We had two by two ceiling tiles, right? Just, you know, the regular like old school school ceiling tiles. And so we were replacing those ceiling tiles with like that little vinyl liner that looks like a, you know, more high end version of this drop ceiling. And so while I was installing these vinyl liners in the basement, especially right along like the support beam that went down the middle of the bedroom and along the edge of the walls, I stuck my fingers up, like pushed the ceiling tile up to push the vinyl into the drop ceiling. And when I pushed my fingers up between where the drop ceiling tile goes and the actual wall of the upstairs, I all of a sudden felt like all this like little like gritty stuff. And I was like, what in the world? And I like take my finger no. and I like scoop it out onto the floor and it's mice bones. Bones! Bones! There's like little mice bones that fell down and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. to this day, I think it just makes my skin crawl all over again. Oh my. I was expecting like fur or something, but bones is kind of disgusting. Oh, and, and <laughs> well, yeah, all of it's sick, but bones is worse. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, that is very um, gross. Yeah, it's a it's a grubby, grimy job. So oh, these rehab houses, you just never know what you're going to come across. Yeah, this one that we're in, another rodent story. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're living in it like literally just a mattress and our tools and 
we hear like a few times a night of like a little, you know, look, sounds like a mouse, which I think there was, I don't know how many, a lot. Yeah, there ended up being a lot because we set out traps, but there was probably one that was like, we call it a beaver. I don't know what it was. It sounded like a giant animal. And it's like crawling, like trying to crawl. You can hear it scratch. You can smell the dirt. Like we're sleeping and I can smell this like animal trying to climb outside, like underneath our house. Yeah. This is bad. <laughs> like I'm ready for, you know, the cute stuff. And how we did get lucky on the first uh, launch and then the house got built back to back, back to back. So we had to move into a construction zone with no kitchen, no bathroom. We had just the toilet and flooring and not to put a, uh, mattresses down. And the first two nights were really hard to sleep because at night uh, it was right underneath the bedroom. We couldn't hear everything. It's taken care of now. But yeah. <laughs> I will say I think that's kind of a uniquely Midwest experience only because we we've like invested with people that are out in California and they it, when we were working with TechFester, they were talking about like a project that they had out here and they were like there was like a major squirrel problem and we didn't know that you could have a squirrel problem like that squirrels <laughs> couldn't even get into your house and i'm like yeah and especially in the winter like they're trying to get in yeah. everywhere that they can yeah and so you'll yeah. hear like in this old house that i used to live in like you hear like raccoons in the attic or all these things and so i think it's a little bit uniquely midwest that we have those experiences <laughs> yeah sure uh, no, thank you. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's kind of a rite of passage of dealing with these chaotic things. And I mean, I love the fact, like, I don't love it for you, but I love that you get to uh, um, be miserable or misery loves company with us in the sense that you have lived <laughs> in these construction zones, because that is not for the faint of heart. No. Before we even get into more of y'all's business, I mean, talk through that. Like, what are some pitfalls of actually living in the construction zone? Because Emily and I have done it as well, and we have never, like, dove into that topic whatsoever. Oh, man. I am... I, I hate, like, dirt and just... Oh. I want my hands to be clean, and I want my feet to be clean. My feet, they always... I, I always have socks on, like, shoes, whatever. The amount of dust, like drywall dust, I just slowly had to like be okay with it. You know, yes, I'll pick that up without my gloves or yes, you know, it's just, you get used to it, I think. Yeah, I think for us, it is hard. It is not something you want to do like long term for sure. Uh, we're doing right now and, you know, it's, we're doing what we need to do to just to, you know, to see this. I guess we have a, a vision of what's going to be ahead. It's just something that's temporary. It helps us yeah. a lot because yeah, that helps. Like uh, to see the vision, especially with the feedback that we have in the first launch, it just pushes to get this one done a lot faster. Uh, but <laughs> it is really hard. And like I said, you know, we didn't have kitchen. We didn't have sink. Um, showers. We shower outside. Both of our <laughs> we're we still showering showers. outside. Yeah. And it's um, October in Indiana, and it's getting a little cold. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think that's one of the biggest things for us is just, you know, the shower situation. But we had a couple nights we sleep on the, you know, our own first lunch house. We are, we have family and friends sometimes we go there. And, but yes, 
Uh, but we're doing what we need to be done. So we yeah, see. it's sacrificing. It's definitely not like long term. I do not want to do this long term. But for a month or two, mm-hmm. I'll you know, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, well, I mean, and it it's it's commendable from our perspective as well, just because it is really the fastest way to get this ball rolling. Like when you are not carrying two mortgages at the same time and you're stressing yourself out additionally with this expensive thing that you're trying to get off the ground, like it is a lot of times a necessary evil. And most people don't want to go through that trudge of living in a construction zone. And it's exhausting, right? It's like, it's not only that you're living in something that is like, inherently uncomfortable by itself but you're getting this business off the ground and so there are a million things happening in your brain at the same time that you are surrounded by chaos in your environment and so like for me as an interior designer i like thrive in an organized environment right like i like knowing all of these like little decisions throughout the day that are decided for me right like knowing where i'm taking a shower like knowing where i'm cooking breakfast like knowing where my desk is for the day like all of that stuff when you're living in a construction zone you have to like decide on where all of those things are going to happen and then they're going to change frequently throughout the process and so you get like decision fatigue on top of the enormous amount of decisions that are new decisions in making like for this business that you're trying to get started. And so it's just this, it's this mental uphill, awful battle at the beginning, but it's totally worth it on the back end. <laughs> yeah, worth it for sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like even it it's never actually done because when one project gets done, you move on to the next project. And so it's not done until you're moving out and you're like, oh, wow, right. it looks so nice. Now can I just like stay here and chill? But I tell Sarah all the time, by the time I got done with my project, like that last 10%, by the time I was done, I was like, get me out of this house. Like, <laughs> I hate it so much. I don't want to be here anymore. And now all I want to do is go back because I like look yeah. back on it and I love it. But at the time I was like, yeah. somebody get me out of this dang house because I'm sick of looking at all of the things. Yeah. I love it. That's how we feel too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I we been listening to you guys' podcast for a while, and you know, there's one episode that Sarah mentions about you know the lake house had one night available, so you Nathan got in a car and drove there, and, and so we had a couple nights available, so we we blocked that for us, and we got back in there and we enjoyed the place. You know, it's just we look around and say, man, we create this, and it's really a, a good feeling to have to go back and be able to enjoy the place that we create. So mm-hmm. now we got to leave what we we heard from you guys, and it's true. And you know, everything that we're leaving right now uh, after we launched this, uh, it's pretty you know good to to see that come for us while we've been here from you guys as well. So it's it's pretty fun. Believe it or not, we weren't lying to you. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, and we do make all these little subtle complaints, but it truly is a privilege to be able to like do that, right? It's a privilege to be able to go back and stay at these places while also creating experiences for other people. So I definitely, yeah. while we're in it, it's chaos and it's a lot, but afterwards we're like, oh, wow, it's so great that we're even able to do it, you know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I am a more confident human when I am in the spaces that I created too. It's like such a reminder, like it's almost like the immediate period after leaving the property, I want to like 
just like not think about all of the like building trauma that I just went through of like trying to get this property off the ground. And then you go back and you look at it with a fresh set of eyes and you're like, I did this like that's yeah. insane. And then you like flip through like the guest book and read all people's memories and their reviews. And I'm like, it's so much more than just a house like it yeah. really the aftermath of once you get it up and running and people start enjoying it and you get to start enjoying it like that's where the magic exists yeah that's exciting yeah. i want to switch a little bit kind of talking about your fix and flip world and how you transitioned into short-term rentals because being a part of that world beforehand gave you such a good set of skills to get into this and it's such a nice thing to have because i mean speaking from experience finding a good gc is like really hard and so yeah. having that skill set on your own is so fantastic but there are slight differences when you're thinking about a short-term rental project versus a fix and flip so can you kind of talk about how you had to change your mindset towards like when you're putting together your short-term rental versus how you approached your fix and flips yes it, there's pros and cons for sure uh you know for us for me in particular, you know, Brooke just joined us a couple of years ago. So we see potential, right? We look at the deal. The acquisition part of things is very uh, easy for us, but we tend to focus on properties that need a little bit more work uh, that we can, you know, buy cheap and add uh, a few things to it to, you know, get the equity on the back end. Uh, so those are the things that being on the flip side of things, fixing flipping, uh, help us to look, you know, on projects differently. Uh, one thing that, you know, for, from the flipping perspective of things, I never had to do, you know, to have guests come over. So a big switch and learning curve for me was the hospitality side of things. And, you know, that's what, you know, Brooke does most of the time. I chime in every now and then, but she takes care of that part very well. For us at this point, eventually we're going to have Federico, you know, run, uh, we are building our portfolio so we can pass along to him so we can focus on acquisition which is what we like we like to look at properties and and be able to you know envision what we can do with it uh we've been looking at different markets and <clears throat> the good thing about going through the mentorship and kind of you know branch it out a little bit more but we can look in different markets and see truly that we can thrive in there even not never being there ourselves because we know the product that we're going to deliver now we have a result from our first launch. Uh, so it gives us a lot more confidence to go into a different market knowing that we can really crush it. Uh, we're really surprised for the feedback and for the, you know, the response we have in our, you know, small market right now where we are, you know, almost 90% uh, booked uh, throughout September, October and almost halfway through November already. So it's really exciting to be able to have that confidence to look at a market uh, and be able to see ourselves, you know, thriving in there as well. So from the flipping perspective, it's good because we look at uh, projects we are willing to build. We are willing to do, you know, we're focusing a little bit on more tiny homes, I would say, but we're not afraid to get bigger houses. Uh, but, you know, we can see what we can add a kitchen, what we can add, you know, what we can add to the kitchen, what we can add a bathroom, what we can add the house addition and, and all those things that most people are afraid of. I guess, or don't have the skills to do so. And, you know, it's just, we have a little bit more, a bigger lack of, you know, options when we see a project or an opportunity, I guess. Um, but yeah, we learn a lot about the hospitality side and we really enjoy it. We, 
we kind of met serving. Uh, so we see the hospitality side as more like a serving part of things. And we had a couple of people coming in town for funerals. So we had a, a DoorDash card for them and they were very thankful and uh, very emotional about it and on a hard time. So we learned that all that stuff from you guys uh, and we applied that to our own bookings. Uh, and it's our own way to serve, I, I guess. And we really enjoy that part. So. Mm. Well, and I love that you are confident in taking on bigger projects because you have that fix and flip background. Because like, for example, for me, I have my dad who can help us do small rehabs, but I have very much avoided projects that need any amount of full gut of like a bathroom or a kitchen or things of that nature. Um, and even with the houses that we do enter in, we see that they are houses that you could fix and flip, right? And we still don't take on like adding a bathroom or adding a bedroom or whatever the case may be, because that's just a bigger bite for us to do. It's like a next step for us. But when it comes to y'all's Airbnbs and coming from a fix and flip perspective, they really are going to be a gift that keeps on giving because you think about the thing that you are setting up that is going to give you cash flow out the gate. But when you think about the back end of it and having an exit strategy and taking that and either cash out refining, doing a HELOC, selling and reinvesting, whatever the case may be, you really are padding in a ton of equity into that property on the front end that is going to pay you on the back end. So I'm looking at y'all's strategy and I'm like, dang, <laughs> the, the mentee becomes the mentor. <laughs> Uh, we really, you know, like this property right now, we have 90 days by the time it's, you know, hitting the market, but you see the before and after we did the 90 days. And we, yeah, this, it, we really pleased. We like, same thing with the first launch. We dream on the paper, we put it, you know, the design on it, but when it came to life, it was just amazing. And this place here, we had on the papers before we closed, but now that's coming, you know, uh, to live is really something that we really, Proud of, yeah. Let's yeah, I like that you said 90 days too, because I feel like you have this perspective where you understand how long things are going to take. And a lot of people are getting into this. And so they might go into a property and be investing in something and be like, oh, I actually have no idea how long this is going to take. It could take six months. It could take eight months, whatever else. But you actually have like a really well-rounded idea of what your timeline is going to look like because you have so much experience in it. And I think that gives you a leg up as well, because you're like, okay, I have to like really hone in on these 90 days, but it is 90 days because I know how long each project is going to take. Yeah, you're right on that. And, you know, a lot of people, if they don't have the background and they hire GC, and sometimes just it takes a lot longer. We could have done this a lot faster. We finished two projects, you know, in the middle of fixing this one. Uh, but after these two projects are done, uh, we're going to hop on the third one, hopefully to be done before Christmas. And after that, it's just our own stuff. So we, we possibly could get a lot faster as well. So mm -hmm. excited. That's incredible. We've got a powerhouse over here. <laughs> Boom. It'll be insane to see where you guys are at a year from now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit into you being a part of the mentorship because Emily and I have been very vocal about the fact that it took us three years of being in business to figure out the magic behind mentorship. This was also our first year investing in it and completely flipped our world upside down. Um, so can you guys talk through why you had clarity on 
you know, reaching out for mentorship out the gate, as opposed to just trying it yourself? And what kind of led you to the decision of deciding to invest in it before, you know, as opposed to pouring that money into a property or, or something else? Yeah, I think for me, um, like we mentioned, we watched you guys on TikTok. And for me, Sarah, how you uh, like describe or how you teach your followers was very understanding for me. Yeah, um, yeah easy to digest. And, and I don't know, I just... Yeah, for, for us, I think it's the, the way you guys teach is it's a lot easier to, to relate and to digest. Uh, we, before we even connect with you guys, we are uh, sharing, because we're sharing our real estate stuff with, between ourselves. Because we were, uh, first two years, we were focusing on flipping. Uh, and then we start talking about short term rental because of the flipping, because of the real estate investment part of things. I knew a little bit about STR. I was never into it. I managed three of them in 2019 for investor in town and then they took over because i was focusing more on the rehab part of things and then uh she shared one story of sarah and i shared the same story with her on the same day and it's like man we really need to kind of see what you know this is sarah is all about so at the same time you're offering the mentorship and uh we are shifting gears we're looking to something that has more meaning other than just making money. Uh, I enjoy the, the rehab. I enjoy the flip I've been doing for 20 years. But for Brooke, it was something, especially doing full time, it was a little bit less meaningful. Uh, yes, we want to make money. Yes, we want to give a good product. But uh, the STR made sense for us because we see uh, a bigger impact. Uh, Sarah mentioned right now a few minutes ago about, you know, we have, you know, cameras and we see people, we, you know, the cards that we leave, people leave the card back and, you know, and being thankful for a place that we provide for them and we see them enjoying the backyard not that we creep <laughs> on them but <laughs> we kind of see them and it just brings joy to us to see that we provide a place that people can enjoy as much as we do uh so i think at the end of the day it has a little bit more mean meaning to us be an str side of things yeah when i when we first met i was working corporate pharmaceutical world that's all i knew um but then when we when we met and got married i knew i wanted to quit that nine to five and then work full-time with him and i grew up in the my dad was a construction worker he built houses or flipped houses so i was used to that so i felt like i could be a really good um piece to for glendale in that area but for the a year, two years that I was out of my nine to five and just kind of like Glendale's assistant, you know, like, can you get me the wrench or whatever? Like, I just felt very useless. Like to him, like it was useful, but my purpose was, I was still trying to find my purpose. And then when, you know, in the beginning of, sure. yeah, in the beginning of this year, is when we kind of shifted focus and when you started bring or when I started following you on your TikTok and I really felt like we could kind of mesh our backgrounds together and do this full time. And it's been great because I love, he does the construction part and he knows how to, you know, knock down the wall or whatever. And I can help him in that, but I also love the designing part and, 
together we make a great like hospitality of we've learned a lot from you guys and you know we love serving people and we feel like that is our way of serving people so yeah i love that i love because i i love that you said that like you find more meaning in it because i remember in the call that we originally had with you before you guys joined the mentorship that was something that you guys talked about was like looking for more meaning and wanting like this to also impact the other people in your life and it was Mm -hmm. just something that resonated with sarah and i because we feel the same way right we want to bring the people in our life into this and be able to give them that freedom if it's something that they choose and so it was a part that we really connected with you because we are looking for more meaning we're not just Yes, the money is great. Don't get me wrong. Like we all love that part of it. But like we also look and see what people are using in our backyards. And then we get excited when people get excited about the things that they see when they come to our properties. And so I think that's why it worked out so well and why we became so attached to you guys is because you guys have such <laughs> a similar mentality that we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll echo that as well. I mean, you, we've talked, you know, a ton with you guys and Um, in other capacities about how this mentorship, before we decided to launch it, we were really worried about not finding aligned people uh, because the the money that you can make from Airbnb is sexy. Like, (laughs) there's no doubt about it. That's why people are interested in it. It is the most profitable real estate asset class right now. Like, Like, we don't want to discredit that huge blessing that it brings to us. But Nonetheless, that also brings a crowd that Emily and I don't necessarily relate to, right? Like we didn't get in it for, I didn't know that it had a lot of money attached to it. I just knew that like I could design and then, you know, I didn't want to get paid for a designer's salary for my entire life. And so really it was the heart for, you know, taking vacations very, very seriously. Like, and it's not vacations necessarily that we host hundred percent of the time. Like you guys talk about, you know, having people who are coming in for a funeral and having people who are coming in for these very serious moments in their life as well. Nonetheless, you are hosting without physically being there. And so that Mm -hmm. responsibility, in my opinion, cannot be taken lightly. Like I hate when a vacation of mine is ruined because something wasn't thoughtful or there's an issue with the experience. And that just completely puts a wrench in that memory. So for us to have found people like you and you echo kind of our mentality towards this back to us, I was like, Emily, I am in love with these people. (laughs) We are friends forever. Um, But this space needs more people like you where you see it as, you know, a play for creating a better life for yourself, but also a play for how you can make other people's lives better as well. So I just, I love that. I love that you guys see that as well. Yeah, it truly is a a place for longevity for hosts like you guys, because, I mean, we saw tons of people get into this industry in the past few years that don't care about those things, and we see them falling off. And I think that's why where the Airbnb bust kind of thing comes from. But then you get to hear Mm -hmm. success stories like your guys's with your property that you just launched, and you're like, okay, we see the success, and we're moving on to the next one. And we're going to make it just as good, if not better, because you understand that that is the quality that you want to give to people. And it pays you back, whether at the on the front end, it's so hard to see that it's going to pay you back, right? You're like, why, mm-hmm. why am I going above and beyond? Why leave the gift card for the people? Why, like, we just got flowers for somebody's anniversary. Why do those extra things? And then you see the review or somebody's so happy with it. And you're like, okay, no, I'm going to continue doing this. I want to do more for the next people. And 
that's why other people are yeah. falling out and you guys get to stay in the space and have longevity. Yes, and thank you to you guys mm -hmm. for teaching us this and, and we definitely uh, couldn't be as successful as we are in the last in the last two months because you know the things we learned from you guys. Uh, even the cleaners, we just we hired new cleaners and uh, the feedback from them is like, man, I've never been to an Airbnb like you guys. You think about everything and we have s'mores kit and we have all, all the amenities, you know, all the uh, on the bathrooms loaded and everything. So it's it's fun to watch and see people enjoying the place and, and the feedback we get. Uh, and majority of these because of what we learn and we really uh, learn a lot from you guys. So thank you. Amazing. Well, we're happy to be those people for you. Um, selfishly, I love that uh, we feel like we're making a positive impact on travel because as we travel and everybody, all of you make the B&Bs better, then our stays get better as well. <laughs> so it makes yeah. our traveling a lot more fun. Uh, but I want to circle back as well on a point that you had where you were like, look, I was in corporate America. I wanted to step away from it. I wanted to come and work alongside him. Um, couples in general... Uh, you know, you have one of two types of couple, either one couple where, you know, you've got a, a set of uh, people who cannot get enough of each other and they want to spend every single second by each other. And then you have the couple that's like, if we didn't have the separation of work during the day, we would actually kill each other. <laughs> and Emily and I are two people who really enjoy being around our significant others all the time. I always say that, like, if Ethan is away for 15 minutes, I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with myself? <laughs> Where did my other half go? Um, and so I see a lot of times in the space, you know, this alignment with couples where you complement each other very well um, in bringing this business to life. And it allows you to spend more time together. Um, it allows you to align, you know, visions together and build this thing together. Um, so for you guys, I mean, now that you've been working side by side for a long period of time, is it something that you, is it living up to all of your expectations of going from being completely separate to together, or is it more difficult than you anticipated? No, I love it. Um, the moment we started talking or dating or, you know, seriously dating, we've been connected 24 seven. Um, so it was no question that I was going to quit my job just to be with him. And there are times where it's like a little difficult or maybe we don't like align, but we always, we're big on communicating. So we'll communicate it out and yeah. it works, but we are very attached. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's fun. It's yeah. fun working with your best friend and working with them, living with them, think, you know. Yeah, I think uh, any relationship, right? Business relationship and our relationship, of course. And I read a book called Good to Great. Uh, and in that book, they talk about, you know, the bus. Uh, we know where our bus is going. We know the direction we want to go. And sometimes you have hard conversations because I have a different background. She has a different background, background and we listen to each other. And we know that at the end of the day, we want the bus to continue to the same direction. Uh, and it's okay because those hard conversations, you know, makes us better uh, as a couple, as a business. Uh, but yes, we do enjoy majority of the time. We have a very, you know, it's fun. We really enjoy it. Uh, and I have no complaints. <laughs> I think we're, we are just looking forward for what's ahead and excited for the future. And, 
and it makes moments like this, living in a situation like this, uh, worthwhile. Mm -hmm. uh, because we know a year from now, two years from now, our goal is two years, three years to get, uh, you know, in a position that financially better. But it's the journey, right? It's, it's to be able to look and enjoy the moment that we're in right now, uh, knowing that something bad is coming. Uh, when you live a big gap, and again, like you, you know, suggested the book, uh, very good too. If you haven't read it, just read it, the uh, gap and again. So if you live on a gap, you're always going to be complaining. If you live in a gain, you always be thankful. Uh, and that's how we live. We know that we're very thankful for what we had and we know that I had this, you know, bigger and better things coming, but we're excited and, and happy for where we are. Yeah. I think I it's that. special, like couples that really are aligned in that way. Because all couples need to be aligned when they're in anything, right? Like to to build a business, even if one of you only wants to build the business and the other one wants nothing to do with it, you have to be somewhat aligned in those decisions. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing it together, it feels like you can achieve so much more and it's so much more powerful when both of you are like, no, we are 100% diving into this together. And I want Tyler to be able to like work with me every single day. And so when he's gone on his business trips, like I'm like, oh my gosh, can you just come home so we can like <laughs> talk about what we want to do next? So yeah, yeah, I think it's a really powerful thing. And I do think it's a special level of crazy though. Um, <laughs> that we all have to live in. <laughs> We're crazy in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Capital C on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say as well, you know, I was kind of thinking about the fact that our, our premise for our mentorship, for our brand, for everything we talk about online always kind of relates back to time, right? And wanting to earn that time back with the people that we love. And so, you know, a lot of people will focus on that financial freedom aspect of Airbnb. And for a lot of couples, yourselves included, me and my husband included, it's like you get significantly more time immediately when you start down this path of working on this project together. Like, even though you guys aren't at a point of where you want to be two years from now financially, and you're working your way towards that, you do get that time back now with each other or you're no longer at a you know eight hours a day corporate america mm -hmm. gig so i love that that's kind of a even though you're in the trenches right now and you're living on a mattress in the floor of a construction zone you know i would argue that in my case as well doing that with ethan i would take that every single day of the week than being comfortable in an apartment but having to leave him eight hours a day and spending more time with my coworkers than the yeah. man i'm in love with so For sure yeah, it's a it's definitely a fun journey. <laughs> um, okay, so as we wrap up here, we're reaching 45 minutes and Emily's forcing me to only have these at 45 minutes because y'all know that I could talk forever. <laughs> I have to cap things at some point, guys. <laughs> Two hours later, we're still talking. <laughs> Is this not a happy hour? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the last question we have for you as we wrap up here is you've recently launched your first property on Airbnb, as you have mentioned already on this podcast. Can you talk about the process it took to get that going and how it's been going now that it's launched? Mm -hmm. uh, in the process, that was a primary home. Uh, I know you, you preach on that too. So uh, where I was listening and watching, if you have your own place and and feel like it could be a you know the primary but we did that you know we uh we started renovating the place before we decided to do str 
Uh, so we had the kitchen pretty much done, uh, but the bathroom wasn't. And so the process, uh, it was longer than we anticipated because there was a lot of missing parts, uh, not a lot of things to put together, like uh, personal belongings. Uh, we Right now we had three bedrooms, so we only Airbnb two bedrooms because we locked up one until we're uh, ready. It's going to be available, the third bedroom at the end of the month. But it just logistically, there's a lot of moving parts when you're doing your primary. So it took us a little longer. Yeah, I felt like it took forever because we were packing up and moving out all of our stuff. And we've lived there. I've had it since I was 22. So 10 years packing up and then trying to find a place for all that stuff. And then moving in all of our Airbnb stuff. It was like, Moving out and moving in, it was a lot of work, but yeah, worth it. It was, it, yeah, it was worth it, but it was a lot longer. Like the ten percent that Emily mentioned today, like the last ten percent, it like, took forever <laughs> to to do it. But uh, once it launched, we were really excited, and uh, you know, the things that we learned from you guys and the mentorship was so uh, powerful. You know, step by step, that you start from week one to you know the end of it. Uh, we learn a lot from it and be able to utilize and, and the things that we learn uh, on the hospitality side of things. I think now that's launched, it's, it's been very, uh, we're, we're anxious to start using it when we learned uh, back in, you know, beginning of the year and to be able to finally go back and watch some of the, you know, the classes and like, this is how we do it. This is how we do the automated <laughs> message. And now that's, that's the stuff that we learn. And uh, so we really, uh, re-enjoying right now that that's launched so yeah. yeah and you guys mentioned that you're at about 90% occupancy through the fall months which is insane um, you know like Emily mentioned earlier on the podcast there is so the vast majority of the market is talking about how we are going through an Airbnb bust and I mean as we talk about in the mentorship and of course online all the time we do not feel like it's an Airbnb bust at all it's just the market correcting because of operators like us forcing everyone to level up. Um, and so I think you guys are such a good testament. I mean, you've got a lot working against you, right? You've got the Airbnb bus that is feeding everybody's brain with maybe this isn't the right time to get in. We're also dealing with an economy that is going into a recession and people are tightening their pockets and all of these Airbnb markets are maybe more saturated than they were three years ago. And so you guys are starting your Airbnb at an interesting point. And so for you guys to kind of echo our experience of us just launching new properties as well in the last month or so um, and having such, such success, I love seeing that it is replicatable and it is not something that is just something we're experiencing and we're kind of a fluke. It absolutely is something that other people still can get involved in. You just have to do it correctly. You have to do a great job. You have to offer a good experience. So yeah, yeah, you have to stand out and the hospitality is key. And I'll add this to you know, the mentorship. We made such great friends. Uh, besides, we have access to you guys, you know, through the Discord. And uh, we met so many good people throughout the mentorship. and. Uh, so it, it's just not, it, it's easy to, you know, when we have questions, to know there's people out there that are genuinely looking to help you. And you know, any questions that we had, small or big, in somebody's eyes, uh, we were able to get answers. And it's, uh, you know, if somebody's on the, on the fence about the mentorship, I would say just go for it because uh, we had, you know, a very good experience and 
uh, and friends that will last a long time, I believe so. So, yeah, I had someone reach out, um, and yeah. one of your the session that's going on now, someone reached out, and she's like, I noticed that you uh, did the mentorship. Can you tell me a little bit more? Like, was it worth it? Like, I don't know if she was on the fence or she was just looking for more information. And I was like, girl, how many? <laughs> I'm going to write this huge thing of like, yes, these are all the pros and just do it. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Uh, for our listeners, just know we did not bring them on to gas us. I will take it. It's a bomb. It's music to our ears. Yeah, I love that you guys connected with people in the class too, because I think that we thought that that might happen, but until the in-person graduation, it was like not a tangible thing that we could see. And then we were able to see everybody like really making connections at the graduation. And that's the point. That's like, we want to create a room of people where you guys are all feeding off of each other, because of course we always want to be a resource for you, but everybody's journey is going to go in a different way and people are going to scale at different levels. And so having other people to be in the room with you and talk you through the process is so nice and sometimes it's just nice to unplug from like your regular everyday people because they might not get it and so having like a group of people to go to and talk to about it is so important so like even like the people who are in the sessions now they get to come and talk to you guys who have already gone through it and the community just continues to build yeah yes absolutely well guys thank you so much for coming on today i'm so glad we got to catch up on all of the success you guys are having as you continue building your airbnb empire Uh, for our listeners who were inspired by your story and want to keep up with you where can they find you um we have a instagram um it's just started out so it's not a lot but it's vibe underscore vacations. Uh, you can find our house that's on there now. And it has our direct booking linked in there as well. And then I'm slowly putting some photos together for the house that we're finishing and living in right now. So yeah, be on the lookout a couple of weeks mm-hmm. live. So. Yeah. So. Congratulations. That's amazing. Uh, for our Thank listeners you. as well. Uh, as you know, in the bottom of the uh, podcast and below the YouTube video, we will also tag all of their stuff so that you can go and click on it and give them a follow. Um, and then Emily, do you want to wrap this up as you always do? Yeah, we are at the Carwells on all social media. So if you guys are not following us there, but you're listening to our podcast, please go follow us on social media because we're way more active there. Uh, you get like once a week here from us, but we're on those all the time. And then our website is thecarwells.space. Beautiful. Well, thank you guys again for joining us. And thank you to our listeners for listening to another episode of Catch Up with the Carwells. Thank you. you Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.